This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Won't you, no, don't open your Bibles. Actually, I want to read something to you unless you have the Passion Bible with you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. I want to speak to you this morning on something that I've titled a grace impartation, a divine transformation. God wants to make himself known to you. And he's speaking to us about the fact that he wants us to be aware of his grace. When we talk about grace, what we're talking about when we talk about God's grace is we're talking about God's nature and who he is being made evident. What God is saying is this, I want a relationship with you, but understand this. When you come into relationship with me and you encounter who I am, you will never leave there the same way. It's not just relationships so you and I can come together and so that you can get an understanding of who I am and realize who I am and have an appreciation for who I am. Realize that when you come into my presence and you have an encounter with who I am and my grace touches you, you will never leave there the same way. The relationship that we're entitled, that we're entitled and God is looking to have with us is transformational in nature. You will never leave there the same way. But God has got a design and a plan as to how it is that he wants to work with us. And it speaks about Christ within us being a heavenly treasure chest. What he's saying is, I want you to come to the place where you come to a point of connection with me. And when you touch the things of me, the things of me are going to change who you are. But everything that you hope for, everything that you're looking for, everything that defines who I am, As the God of the universe, you're going to find in a heavenly treasure chest on the inside of you called Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. The Father reveals himself through Christ. As we have Christ on the inside of us and we get to that place where we allow Christ to uh, uh, become a part of who we are and define the very center of our being, what ends up happening is he's sitting saying to us, I'm a heavenly treasure chest. Everything that you're looking for to gain an understanding or an appreciation of who the Father is, you're going to discover in me. You're going to discover in who he is. And it's not going to be a secret. But the reason he's going to do that is so that everybody around you will be able to see it and know it. People should be seeing the Christ in you. The heavenly treasure chest that's on the inside of us should be making itself evidence and apparent in our lives. And people around us should have a look at it and should be able to sit and say, I see you've been touching the glory. You've connected with the Father somewhere because you're not the person that you used to be. He's doing something on the inside of us. He's changing us. He's influencing us. I spoke about this last week, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. I want to touch on a different aspect of that this morning. If you believe in Christ, there are two things that are appropriated and that you gain as a result of that. 
You shall not perish, but you shall gain everlasting life. It's important that we distinguish between those things because so many born-again believers, so many people who have Christ on the inside of them come to the place where I shall not perish. I recognize the fact that Jesus prayed, paid for all my sins everywhere where I've been, my current sins and the future sins. I shall not perish. I'm not going to hell. I understand and I appreciate that. But that's only half of the deal. What he's saying is, I shall not perish, but I shall have everlasting life. It's important that we walk into the second part of that. Because if I only live with my sins being forgiven, I want to know why my Christian experience is so bland and exciting. I want to know where I've never touched his glory. I want to know why I've never discovered the heavenly treasure chest on the inside of me. Because all I've ever done is I've lived from old things are passed away. I've never discovered all things have become new. All things have become new. It's an invitation that he extends to you to sit and say, you are about to be redefined. Who you are is not who you used to be. And what's important about that is it puts us on a journey of discovery. What he's saying is you can't use the tools you used to use. The things that used to define who you were and the things that made you successful and the things that were a challenge in your life and the things that used to define you, those are all gone. So I'm in a mode of discovery right at the moment because I'm moving into a new disposition, a new place with God and I'm sitting saying, I don't understand this because I've never been here before. I was flesh, and I lived as flesh, but now I'm to become spirit. It's not to say you weren't a spirit being beforehand, but I didn't have an appreciation, and I didn't have an understanding. I wasn't at a place where I was able to apprehend the things of the spirit, understand the things of the spirit, and allow them to influence and define who I am. He's putting us on a spiritual journey. What he's saying to us is, I understand that you fleshly and I made you that way and I equipped you that way so that you could be successful in the world in which you find yourself. It's a natural world. Get an education. Get a good education. Build up life skill. Get experience. Allow people to influence you. Good people. You need to be able to have aptitude and ability and skill and education and thought. Please think. A lot of people don't think in this day and age. We've got too many emotionally moved people and not enough people. Anyway, that's a different story. The point is, God has equipped you to handle the environment in which you find yourself. It's fleshly. The thing is, we try to understand the way God in our flesh and in who we are naturally. And God's sitting saying, it's a problem because you forgot. All things have passed away and have become brand new. We are to be a spiritual entity. I'm to be redefined as a spiritual person, which means I need to have an appreciation for the fact, first of all, that the spirit world exists. I need to get to a place where I begin to apprehend that world and I begin to check out the nuances of it and I begin to realize that the laws that define the natural world are not the laws that are going to define the spiritual world. I'm becoming somebody new. I'm becoming somebody different. I'm discovering who I am. And I'm discovering how this whole world works. And it's not who I used to be.
There are important and fundamental components to the world. How it's constructed and how it's put together. It doesn't just happen. We're to take the word. We're to take the seed and we're to put it inside of our hearts. We have a responsibility to do that. Because when the seed comes in, the seed is spiritual. It's building on the inside of me the very nature of who he is. And if I will protect that and take care of it, what will end up happening is it will go and it will manifest itself. And what will be established on the inside of me is Christ. That's how he gets into your heart. Every time you sow that word in there, you're sowing something spiritual, which is an aspect and a part of who he is. I'm busy constructing my treasure chest. I'm putting it together. And when I move to a place where I recognize what that is, and I begin to live from that space, I understand the fact that what Christ in me really represents and invites me into is a new way of living. Living from a new kingdom called the kingdom of God, which is within me. The kingdom of God is established through the word of God. It reveals Christ. And Christ introduces us to the kingdom. He is the kingdom. And the way that the kingdom operates is not the way that the world operates. The way that the kingdom operates is by something called faith. Faith handles the operational aspects of the kingdom. I can't get into that because it's another whole story. What's important is to recognize all things have passed away. All things have become new. Flesh is gone. For me to understand and apprehend the things of God, I've got to walk into spirit. I've got to recognize that there is a spirit world. I have to be able to engage with that world. I have to be able to understand that world. And I have to allow that world to begin to redefine who I am on the inside of me. In Romans chapter 7, Paul introduces us to the mystery of self. The mystery of self. Not yet, Donna. (laughs) Don't jump the gun. (laughs) The mystery of self. This is the mystery of self. He says, I've had an encounter with God and I'm changed and I'm not the person that I used to be but I find myself perplexed I find myself at a place where I'm confronted with a mystery and it's the mystery of self you see the things that I want to do I can't do and the things that I don't want to do the things I try my best not to do I find myself doing We all look at Paul and feel sorry for Paul. But we're all in the same boat. You see, the mystery of self comes to all of us because we are fleshly in nature. What Paul was saying was this. Let me give you some examples which may give you context. I'm fearful about what tomorrow is going to look like. Because I see unrest everywhere. I see political instability. I'm fearful of what tomorrow holds. 
And it's something that's gripped the inside of me and is defining who I am and how I feel and how I see things. And I walk into church and they tell me about the God who's more than enough. And I get excited about the fact that he takes care of everything and he looks after everything and that he's the one who's going to define my tomorrow. And I celebrate that fact and I walk out and I'm fearful. I don't want to be that way. I understand that that's not God's design for me. I understand that that's not his intention for me. The fact of the matter is I can't control it. I'm trying really hard, but I just can't do it. I worry and I'm anxious about my kids, about my job, about the economy, about paying my bills. I worry about things all the time. It doesn't matter if something comes up. I never have any molehills in my life. Everything is a mountain. Everything is an opportunity to worry. I'm nervous and anxious. My life is defined by stress. And people sit and say to me, I'm going to pray for you. I pray peace for them, Father. And I thank them for that. And I walk out and I get in my car and I worry because I've just thought about tomorrow and I wonder if I'll get to my job and what the job will look like. And will I get the pink slip and will I still be employed? I'm worrying. And I don't want to be there. I don't want it to define who I am. But I can't get rid of it. People have addictions. Addicted to alcohol, addicted to tobacco, addicted to sex, addicted to work. People have addictions, and I can't control it. It has a life of its own inside of my body. I don't want it to be there, but the desire is so strong. And I come face to face with the mystery of self. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And the things I don't want to, the things I do want to do, I find really hard to do. And I recognize my flesh has a life of its own. I've come face to face with the law of sin that governs my flesh. The problem with it is, the things that I'm doing are outside of God's design. So it leaves me at a place where I'm outside of what it is that he wants for me. So I'm trying really hard to change those ways. He says to me, because he's given me his law, this is what I expect from you. And if you live in those ways, and if you abide by my commandments, you will be blessed. I want to be blessed. I'm trying really hard to do those things. But what I find in myself is that I'm unable to. And I discover the law that he's given me as an opportunity to walk into goodness of life. Romans 10, 7 says, he gave me the law which was designed to move me into life. What he said is, if you honor what I've asked you to do, it will bless you. But he says, instead, it led to death. 
Why? Because I recognized the fact that I had no influence over the law of sin that's governing my flesh. And I find myself in a horrible place because even though I try to do different things, I find that I'm guilt-ridden and guilt-conscious. The law that he gave me has ended up magnifying the state of corruption that defines where I am. It's not that the law was bad. It's not that the law was wrong. Actually, it's quite the opposite. The law was righteous. The law was perfect. The law is holy. The law is an extension of the very nature of God. What he's saying is, this is who I am. And this is how I want you to be. Here's the invitation. But my flesh fights against it and won't let me do the things that allow me to step into that place. So I look like him. You see, the law that God gave us leaves us at a pace where we're perplexed and we struggle because we recognize our inability to fulfill it. Here's the point. The law has jurisdiction just as long as you're alive. As long as you're alive and you're trying to take care of those things, the law has jurisdiction over you. And what will end up happening is I will end up in a place where I'm removed from who he is in his presence because I can't do it. The thing about it is it's no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. You see, when Christ lives in you, you don't live anymore. When you're not living anymore, the law no longer has jurisdiction over you. Suddenly things changed. Old things are being passed away. And all things are becoming new. What he's saying is, I died for a reason. Because I know about the law that defines you. I know about the mystery of self. I know about the fact that you can't do those things and you can't overcome that stuff. I know the fact that your flesh wants to define who you are. But I need you to know something. All of those things are going to be done away with as a result of what Christ has done in your life. And when he comes in, the reason that he died and the reason that he rose from the dead was so that you could be liberated and freed from all of those stuff. All things are passed away and all things are becoming new. So what's becoming new? If he did away with the law and the mosaic law that used to define who I am, then what am I stepping into? I'm stepping into the law of spirit. And life. You see, he understood the law of sin and death used to define you, but the law of sin was something that was in your body. And the more you try to fix that and change it and make it better, the reality is you could never do it. And because you could never reflect who he was and be a part of who he was, it would lead to spiritual death. So what he says is, I understand your inability. I'll do it for you. What I will do is I will give you spirit and life. You don't need to do it. The spirit will do it in you because I can trust the spirit. I can trust myself. And as a result of that, it'll lead to life. He's doing some stuff on the inside of us. that becomes important for us at this juncture. 
to recognize what's being done away with. I don't want to live in that place anymore. I'm now moving forward at a point of discovery. What does the spirit and life, the law of spirit and life mean? What does it look like and how does it affect me? Because that's supposed to define my future and where I'm going. The new covenant is not about a bunch of laws that we are to adhere to. The law of the new covenant is the spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. There is a big difference. If you have a look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What it's saying is, all things are passed away. All things are coming brand new. The law of the spirit of life is in operation. And he wants to do something on the inside of you. It's important that we recognize that because all things are becoming new, what is it that the spirit wants to do? How is he going to do it? And how do I cooperate and partner with him so that it takes place in my life? Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 says, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What he's saying is this, you are supposed to be a sufficient minister of what God is doing on the inside of you. You should be a living testimony of those things. That's who he's designed you to be. And the role that the spirit is going to play in your life is he's going to introduce you as to what that means to be that person. What he's saying is, don't do it by yourself because the spirit and the law of sin and death has passed away. There comes a place where I have to recognize who the Holy Spirit is, build relationship with the Holy Spirit, build a place where I trust him to take me to a place where he's doing something in my life that's going to make me an able minister of the New Testament. He's doing something inside of me. How is he doing this? He's doing it with the authority of the blood. And he's taking the ability of resurrection power. And he's putting it together. And he's starting to change who you are. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. Says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. What is he doing? He sat and said, you know what? I'm here on a mission. Everything that's been taken care of as a result of the blood of Christ. I have authority to have influence in this place. Not only do I have authority to have influence, I have power because of resurrection life. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the law that you couldn't live and I'm going to take it and I'm going to impart it and make it a part of your mind. And I'm going to write it on your heart. It's not a case of you understanding it. It's a case of you knowing it. It's not a case of you trying to fulfill it. It's a a case of you being it. He's changing who we are and he's introducing us to Christ. Christ. The responsibility of the Holy Spirit is to take Christ and to reveal Christ to us. And when he reveals Christ to us through revelation knowledge and changing the way that we think so that we think 
God's thoughts. And we allow our thinking process to be informed by the spirit, not through the natural. When we allow the the Holy Spirit to take the things of Christ and put them on the inside of them, on us, and put them inside of our heart, what we end up doing is we allow him to put on the inside of us the very nature of Christ. What is he doing? He's sitting saying, I know in and of yourself you cannot fulfill the law. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll change who you are. I'll take the nature of Christ and I'll put it on the inside of you so that you don't have to live from who you are anymore. You live from Christ. Because when you live from Christ, all of a sudden, I don't have the appetites for those things anymore. I'm not trying to manage something that has a life of its own. All of a sudden, that appetite doesn't exist because it has no authority anymore because it's not a part of who Christ is in me. It introduces us to what it means to live a righteous life. Righteous has a personal and a practical implication to our life. The moment that you decided that you wanted to make Jesus Lord of your life, and the moment that you said yes, and he came in, his life came into you. And your spirit was made new. And as a result of that, you were raised to sit with him in heavenly places. In Christ. You were raised to sit with him in heavenly places. In Christ. What did Christ do? He conquered sin and That's where you're seated. You're seated with him, with Christ, who has conquered sin and death. Who he is defines who you are spiritually. The challenge that we have is, although I'm seated with him in heavenly places, my life is on the earth. I don't have time to get into this again. I did it last week, so you need to go and listen to that. What's important is to understand this. I can be in two places simultaneously, when as long as I'm living in the kingdom. You see, the kingdom takes who I am as a spiritual being and puts me with Christ who has overcome everything, who has overcome sin and death, who introduces me to a life of victory. That's where I'm seated in heavenly places. But at the same time, I'm walking out my life naturally in the earth. That's why he says to us, I'm in my imploring. What's the word? I implore you. What is he saying? I implore you to bring heaven to earth. Who you are seated on the right hand of Christ is to define who you are today. There is a difference between legal righteousness and active righteousness in everyday life. You see, when you are the life of Christ on the inside of you, you were made legally righteous. Spiritually, you are in Christ. When the Father looks at you, he says, you know what, because of the blood of Christ and because he has brought you to a place where everything has been washed away and your sins have been forgiven, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take of my glory, I will take of my righteousness and I'll make it available to you through Christ. So when he looks at you, he sits and sees you as being as righteous as ever. You are legally righteous. How many of you know you're not experientially righteous? You're, e- you're either not or you're deceived. It's one of the two. Or both. The point is this. Why is it that, why is it that the case? 
It's because I have a responsibility to bring heaven to earth. Responsibility is to understand who I am and to take that and to introduce it to my earthly living experience. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. It says nothing. <laughs> For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Who puts righteousness, joy, and peace on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit. Where is he putting it on the inside of you? Inside of my heart. I need the diagram that I had up there a few weeks ago. The very center of my being. What is he sitting saying? He's saying, I understand what, what the Father's wanting to do on the inside of you. And he's wanting to introduce you to righteous living so that it becomes an experiential reality in your life. And what he's doing as a result of that is he's taking the kingdom and he's introducing it into our heart all the time. How does he do that? Through the word. The problem with too many Christians is that we spend too much time daydreaming. We like to listen to a good sermon and come into church and listen to something on the radio, hear a nice little cliche, whatever, and it paints pictures for us as to what the life is that God has for us and what he's trying to introduce us to, and we get excited about it. The problem with it is we don't activate anything to make it a reality spiritually. It's like somebody who says, I can't wait to build my dream house. I've got it in my head. I can see it. I can see what it's made of and I can see the stone and the stucco and I can see the, I see the brick. I see it. I can see my house. But nothing happens. Why? Because I never delivered any raw materials. I cannot encourage you enough to get into the word of God. You see, the word of God are the raw materials for everything. If you don't have raw materials, we're living a spiritual pipe dream. I'm excited about what God could do. I'm glad. But he's not going to do anything in your life until the kingdom is established on the inside of you. I am the one who takes on the responsibility for establishing the kingdom. I am the one who sits and says, I got to get the raw material so that the Holy Spirit can do something on the inside of me. If I don't get into the word of God, I give him nothing. I got a great plan in my head, but I got nothing in my heart. I want to pray for people. I want to do this. I want to cast out demons. I want to lay hands on the sick. And I, because I know all the cliches. The problem with it is I got no house built on the rock. It's nothing inside. I cannot encourage you enough. Get into the word of God. It'll change your life because it'll introduce you to power. It's not that you don't know what God can do. It's just that we don't have the power to make it happen. How does it come about? Through the Holy Spirit. When I get into the word of God, what ends up happening is I take the seed of the word and he takes and gives me revelation. Revelation is designed to take it and place it in your mind. It's not about 
understanding. It's about knowing him. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to take and give me insight into that. So that from a mental point of view, I have a grid and I have an insight as to what God is wanting to do. And I get excited about that. But it's also harmonizing that and using that with the Holy Spirit and allowing him to plant seeds in my life. The sower sows the word. Get some materials. Spiritual materials inside of you. Because if I take care of that seed and it grows up, what ends up happening is what it reveals is fruit. What is it revealing fruit of? Christ. That's how Christ is born on the inside of me. That's how the kingdom is born on the inside of me. If you want a more expansive kingdom, get more word. If you want a deeper kingdom, get more word. If you want a more powerful kingdom, get more word. The more word you get, the more expansive it is that God is, the Holy Spirit is able to take the raw materials that are spiritual in nature and make it more expansive inside of you. He can grow it up and get it stronger. What am I doing? I'm building my house on the rock. I'm building my house on the rock. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. What is he saying? He's saying the victorious Christian life is a journey of learning how to cooperate with the Spirit. Because he's going to take you into places where he's going to poke at certain parts of your life. And he's going to say, we need to get some more materials because you've got a little bit of a leaky roof. Let's go and get some more shingles. Bring them in here. Your siding is coming off a little bit over here. Let's go and get some more seed siding and get it in. Why? He's changing us and he's doing things on the inside of us. He's growing us and walking us into a place where we get to touch the glory. And when you touch the glory through Christ, it changes you. As Christ is built up on the inside of us, what ends up happening is Christ becomes flesh as he is established in us. And everybody else gets to see it. Christ is taking on flesh in you as the kingdom grows inside of you. He's wanting to do stuff inside of us. The point is this. What's most important in growing in our Christian walk is being able to define between spirit and flesh. And recognizing that God's invitation is to sit and say, flesh has passed away. My future, my identity, my destiny, my victory, everything that I'm looking for is going to be found in the spirit. The spirit is what redefines our future. We need to delve into and discover spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life 
and peace. What he's saying to us is this. You've come this far in the journey. My encouragement to you is this. Stick with spirit. Stick with spirit because it changes you. Spirit is where life is. Spirit is where you're going to discover the fullness of everything that God has for you. Don't go back to who you were. Don't go back to flesh. One of the biggest challenges that we have with born again believers is the fact that they want to resurrect their dead self. They forget about the fact that I've been crucified with Christ. I continually want to go back and resurrect my dead self and get into the flesh and be like, I'm going to sort out this bad temper. Once and for all, I'm going to deal with the fact that I'm irritable. I'm going to deal with the fact, I want, don't resurrect it. He's saying, keep your mind fixed on the fact that your future is defined spiritually, not in the flesh. Romans 8 verse 8. God even takes it further than me. And he says, see then. Oh, so then. He doesn't see, he sows. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please me. Why does he say that? Because everything that I have for you is going to come through a spiritual channel. Everything that's available to you is part of the heavenly treasure chest in Christ. It's all spiritual in nature. But if you step out of spirit, I don't have any way of connecting with you. If you step out of spirit, I don't have any way of taking the things of mine and imparting them to you and giving them to you. Stick with it. Because when we stick with it, our lives begin to change. And he gives us a picture and an idea as to what our destiny is. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control that's where he's taking us that's what you ca- is to characterize who we are There's more in all of those and I can't get into them. I think one of the most important ones that we sometimes pass over is faith. Faith is something that's of the spirit. It's not of me. It's not me trying to build up my confidence. It's him establishing Christ on the inside of me. The problem with it is if I think it's about my confidence, I've just fallen back into flesh once again. And what I end up trying to do once again is I try to get myself to a place where it is motivational speaking. I'm all positive. I'm all pumped up because God can do this. That's not what it says. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What is the substance that's going to bring about the things that you're hoped for? Christ. Not your positive attitude. Christ established on the inside of you is the hope of everything that you're looking for. And the fact that he's come into my life, the fact that he's redesigned it, the fact that he's a reality on the inside of me, the fact that I'm beginning to reflect the fruit of who he is, is evidence of the fact that it's alive inside of me, even if you can't see it. When I live from kingdom, it's transformational. But I don't get to establish kingdom. The Holy Spirit does. I'm talking destiny today. That's why your destiny is spiritual. Your destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. The more we step into our destiny, the more we've changed and transformed, the more we look like him. 
We are the flesh being made word. Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness to us. I want to thank you, Father, that you are just so incredible, that you understand us before we understand ourselves. I want to thank you for the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for the transformational challenges, transformational ability to be able to change us and make us brand new. I thank you the things that we have no control and influence over are no problem for the Spirit. We bless you and we thank you for every person here today.